Would you all pray with me? Almighty God, you sent your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, to suffer death on a cross. Grant that we may share in his obedience to your will and in the glorious victory of the promised resurrection. Be with us this morning. May your Holy Spirit be poured out upon us as we study your word and as we continue in worshiping you. We pray these things through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you, the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. So Jesus' journey to Jerusalem has been going on for quite some time now. Back in chapter 9 of Luke's Gospel, we're in 19, so we go back 10 chapters, and we read that Jesus turned his face towards the city. And since that moment, Jesus, along with a growing crowd of followers, has been moving closer and closer to Palm Sunday. Since the transfiguration of Jesus this morning, Palm Sunday is the most triumphant and the most revealing moment within his ministry. As Jesus moved into the city, his procession, him, a donkey, and all of his followers would draw the attention of religious influencers and political powers. Coming down from the Mount of Olives as Jesus entered the city, he would have entered through the eastern gates of the city. There would have been shouts of, Blessed is the King. And with those shouts and Jesus' entry into the city, the victorious nature of his kingdom is revealed. It's this victorious nature that he has been proclaiming throughout his ministry. He entered the city... And the religious leaders and the political influencers within this hub of the area would have taken note as he began to take up residence in the capital city. As the Son of God taking up residence in Jerusalem, it's only natural that that's where that would occur at the time. Because it was believed then by Jews that God dwelled within the temple located in the capital city. Victorious and triumphant, Jesus still retained his humility. He entered the city riding a colt, that's just a, a small donkey and not a mighty war horse. Instead of being surrounded by a mighty army, he was ushered into the city by fishermen, tax collectors, his disciples, and those that he had been healing along his journey to the city. And we like to think that Palm Sunday was a spontaneous event, that it just happened all of a sudden. But this was a well-orchestrated event. From the moment on the Mount of Olives when he sent two disciples to go into the village ahead of them, finding a donkey that had never been ridden and then untying it and bringing it back to him, to the timing of his entry into Jerusalem. Jesus has been in full control of this procession so that the kingdom of God will be continued to be revealed. And around the same time, as Jesus and his followers entered the city on Palm Sunday, on the other end of the city, the Roman governor of the region would have also been processing in. Pilate would have been dispatched to Jerusalem to ensure the peace, that peace was being kept during the upcoming Passover festival. 
Jerusalem had been under Roman occupation since 63 B.C. Up until that point, that means there's 90 years of Pax Roma, the peace of Rome. And as Pilate entered the city as a victorious governor would, he was demonstrating to everyone in Jerusalem that he was in full control. Full control because he was flexing Rome's military might. Pilate's entry through the western gate was a reminder of what would happen should anyone choose to step out of line during the Passover festival. What we miss, though, we only read of one procession. There were two. One from the east and one from the west. And eventually, those two processions are going to meet. They're going to collide with one another. Jesus timed his entry into the city. He knew the Roman governor would have been entering through the city to keep the peace ahead of their religious holiday. Jesus would have known that this collision was coming. His disciples may have missed it, but the Pharisees, Jesus' opponents, knew exactly what was going to happen. They, the Pharisees, knew the impending collision that would disturb Pax Roma, peace in the city. And they knew that the declaration of Christ as the king, Christ is Lord, would not sit well with the Roman government. Because according to Rome, Caesar was Lord. And to say otherwise would be a deadly offense. I think we miss this collision of the two different processions on Palm Sunday, because many of us knowingly, unknowingly choose to skip over Holy Week entirely. We know that Holy Week begins today with Palm Sunday, and we know that Easter is just seven days away. But the offensiveness of what will happen during this collision causes us to skip from the jubilance of Palm Sunday ahead to the victory of Easter. We like to look past the sadness and the betrayal of Monday Thursday, and we look even further past the great price that will be paid on Good Friday. The disciples themselves skipped right from Palm Sunday to Easter. They betrayed Christ. They hid They denied. For them and for us, the victory that comes on Easter will cost us nothing. But the price paid by God in Christ causes us to turn away as we discover that it is a price that we ourselves could never pay or really just stomach on our own. As much as we wish that we could... Pastor David Zoll, he's a pastor down in that community college town in southern Virginia. He likes to point out that you can't just pole vault from Palm Sunday into Easter. You can't skip over Good Friday. We can't celebrate Jesus' entry into Jerusalem today by waving palms, by talking about smoothing the road, and then turn a blind eye to the collision that's going to happen this week between the kingdom of God and the earthly realms threatened by God's justice, mercy, and peace. When the kingdom of God and earthly realms collide, when they come together, It may not always be apparent, but the kingdom of God is always victorious. 
And we've seen these collisions over and over again throughout Jesus' ministry since he turned back in Luke 9 and began to face towards Jerusalem. But now on Palm Sunday, for us, the shadow of the cross becomes bigger. And as it appears on the horizon, we may not be so sure of what is to come. We're not sure. The disciples weren't sure of what was going to happen. But the prophets told us what was going to happen. Isaiah 53, despised and rejected by others, a man of suffering and acquainted with infirmity, and as one from whom others hide their faces, he was despised, and we'd held him no account. If we can't remember what the prophet said, Jesus himself told his disciples what was going to happen. He began to teach them that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, the scribes, and be killed. But Jesus adds that after three days, he will rise again. That's in Mark's Gospel, chapter 8. So peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. That was the the crowd's proclamation as Jesus was entering into the city. And their proclamation was was an echo of what the angels announced back at Jesus' birth to the shepherds. And it points to the promised peace that was going to come by God through Christ. The coming collision between the kingdom of God and Christ and the religious and political powers of Jerusalem will will become a point of contact here on earth between heaven and earth. The shadow of the cross blinds us to the peace of heaven heaven spilling over into creation. Domination through ruthlessness, that's Pax Roma, is no match for the justice and mercy of Pax Christi, the peace of Christ, the kingdom of God. So enjoy the celebration today. Because if you think this is something, next week, even though we're going to go through the darkness of Monday, Thursday, and Good Friday, after we get through that collision, the promise of Easter is ahead of us. Thanks be to God. Amen.